0: Then there was one game left of major football. I made sure I put major (laughs) in air quotes because a couple of the podcasters don't believe that the FCS is major football, but it is. And it's coming soon. Uh, But that is not the only thing dominating the football world. Tease. Thank you. Uh, Not the only thing that is dominating the football world in this neck of the woods. The transfer portal is running wild, brother. Yeah, it's my best Hulk, Hulk Hogan uh, voice, and it's not good at all. I got, I got panicked in the moment. Uh, but you it is also st- you
1: can't stop halfway through the I impression don't. to tell who. who it was. <laughs> well, that's
0: that's how you know it was that bad. As I had to stop to to explain it. Um, but it is also also almost WrestleMania season. Uh, this Sunday is the Royal Rumble, and so you WWE fans out there, it's the best time of the year to be uh, to be going. Um, but Before we dive too deep into all the football, press pause. Go on, we'll wait. Grab your Nebraska-land-sponsored snacks and drinks, and let's dive into this week's episode of the Seeing Second Podcast. First,
1: Danny, what's good, my man? Yeah, thanks once again to Nebraska-land bank for sponsoring these drinks and snacks. Um, my what's good is someone that's not sponsoring us, um, but... It's Godfather's Pizza. You guys ever uh do a little takeout, a little delivery from
2: Godfathers? That's Maggie's go-to. That's it's Maggie's go-to. Good- to me, they have the best deal in town, and we get it pretty often where you can get a personal pan pizza, or their personal pan is a pretty good size size, and a side, which you can get breadsticks or garlic bread, and it's for under ten bucks. Well, 999, so it is ten bucks, but for bang for your buck, to me, that's that's the best deal in town. Uh, that's a that's a good point, because I, I was about to
1: say, we'll, we'll get it every once in a while, and I, I love it every time, but we tend to uh, be able to work up a pretty hefty tab there, because the kids always want, like, the add-on stuff. They got great desserts. Uh, they got a pizza that's like a spicy kind of sausage jalapeno thing that I like, um, but it reminds me, back when I was a little kid growing up, the first pizza that I really enjoyed was Godfather's hamburger pizza, and we'd go to the Godfather's near our house. Uh, we lived in Omaha at, the, at that time, and we we get some pizzas, we get some Coca Colas, and I'd uh, I'd get a few coins for the arcade, and I distinctly remember playing the arcade game Excite Bike you guys remember excite bike from the original Nintendo at all? Probably
3: talking.
1: Yeah. It's a great motorcycle game. They had this mode where you could make up your own course, which I always thought was awesome. But I played that game for the first time at the arcade at Godfather's pizza. And so that's been almost like a family tradition since I was a little kid. And, Uh, We just we just ordered some Godfathers tonight, and it was it was really good. It's it's something I forget about, Um, and then like I'll just remember it, and we'll we'll order, and it's great. Um, And I see there's hands being raised everywhere on this Zoom, like everyone wants to wants to comment on Godfather. So I have a few more things to say, but I'm gonna throw it to Andy right now.
0: Uh, So funny funny story. When uh, we first moved out here to North Platte. Um, when Maggie and I were living in separate apartments, I had the cable and the internet. So she'd come over and watch TV and, uh, I was out of town for, I don't know, soccer or or, no, it had to be in like, uh, late football season or something like that, but I was out of town and Maggie ordered Godfathers, but didn't know my address. And so she's like trying to describe to the delivery guy who called like twice directions to... Oh, my yeah, uh, she, my apartment, which was hilarious, and her order was the taco pizza. She loves that taco pizza, yes. but she didn't want the marinara sauce, and so she said like she didn't want the sauce on it. And so they made taco pizza or the taco pizza without putting like their taco sauce on it. They just made it without any sauce at all.
1: Mm, and dry. so
0: not only not only was it super dry, she didn't know how to get to get to the apartment, and so. It was, it was funny to hear because over 2 on that one.
1: I'm, uh, good job, both of you, living in North Platte in separate apartments. I We, we don't need to probably convo that, but good on you. Kyle, you got, <laughs> what do you got on Godfathers?
2: Mine wasn't on Godfathers. It was about the the game that you played. And, and this was at – the only time I seen them was at Pizza Hut. Did you guys ever play that game that had the four steering wheels, and you went and you were dr- driving these little RC cars around little dirt tracks? Oh, yeah.
1: They were like trucks. Yeah. And you had the nitro button. You can hit the nitros.
3: Super off-road, I believe.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, it was someone, some famous driver sponsored it. Whoever the famous like, if if we're talking about the same same one. Yeah, you know, we the, red, be... the blue, the green.
2: Yeah. The car and so. That's my like going back to memory lane. Like, I wish I had one of those, like little four pots, uh, somewhere because man, I love that game. The, the wheels just spun so smooth, or like steering wheels, and yep. even if you weren't playing, you could just spin those things. And it was, it was that was that was my pizza experience game. Uh, it was the uh, Ivan the Iron
1: Man Stewart Super Off Road, and that was <laughs> I own that it. was a great game
3: i own the nintendo cartridge right now it's it's down in the fan cave yeah
1: i'm looking at it right now kyle there's a red a yellow and a blue each 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 have the steering wheel the top has has the guy's truck and then it says off-road that that's one of my favorite arcade games ever that and the original uh ninja turtles arcade game yeah that was like every pizza place or restaurant you'd go to and well, like the, the early nineties. Good stuff. You guys like Casey's pizza? I
2: North do.
1: Mm-hmm. I put I put Godfathers and Casey's as the two best pizza places in in North Platte.
2: I'm a, I'm a sucker for Pizza
1: Hut. I've had a couple bad experiences there lately, so I'm a little full turn turned off of it, but no, just Godfathers is a good little surprise today. It was tasty, good, uh, good Nebraska land sponsored, uh, pre podcast snack. So, uh, I'm going to throw it to Kyle now, Kyle, what's, what's good with you?
2: Uh, not really what's good with me, but, uh, I just got off the phone with my mom and big list, big listener of the pod. My mom is, and, uh, she was kind of telling me and I knew, I knew it was coming, but, uh, She's, she's about to put in, in her papers to retire. So she's been teaching uh, at the same school that she went to. And she was just telling me now uh, that she graduated and uh, graduated high school in 1981. And this year is obviously 2021. So obviously there's a little stint in college there. Uh, but that's, that's 40 years at, at the same school plus the, the 13 that she was actually going to, to school there. So she's she's talking about 50-plus years being in, in the same school system, uh, student with a little, obviously, sidebar in college to teacher uh, for 50-plus years. So uh, congratulations to my mom. That's yeah. uh, quite the accomplishment.
1: Congratulations.
2: Absolutely. They need to name something after her. Yeah, sure. I know. <laughs> But no, so that's that's kind of my my what's good. Is Annie, this the, is this the school that's also
1: has a bond issue coming up to build a new? Oh, school? geez, I
2: thought we weren't going to get into politics on this podcast here. I did no. I
1: just think it'd be funny if she's retiring right when they're about to get a brand new school after she's been roaming the halls of the old one for all these yeah. years.
2: Well, I, I'm pretty sure if you talk to her, uh, she would still call the 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 current school the new school because right around the time she was graduating was the last time that they like added on to it and did a big remodel so uh it's like when they tore down like the school that was built when the school was founded and then updated it a little bit was right right when she was going to school so like I said she would still call the current school uh the new school occasionally so uh that's she she even made the claim that it was kind of like if if they do go through in in one form or fashion of building a new school, it's like out with the old, in with the new. Like her as a teacher and the old school building, and uh, hopefully a, a new beginning for the the Cody Kilgore Cowboys. I didn't want to I didn't want to say the name because I know you're always giving me a hard time about bringing up the old town, So. I think it's funny that I
1: merely mentioned a bond issue, and you were like, "Oh, politics." Well, you haven't because heard about what's going on know. back home. It I've is know. politics. I've heard enough to know that it's a pretty uh, divisive issue, and it was it was the same way here in this town when when we built our new high school. So know how that goes. But congratulations and, and he, to your mom on making this decision. Is this is this like you announce the gender of your child? A few weeks ago, is this the big announcement that uh, what's your mom's yeah. name?
2: Marty. That Marty is uh, is retiring. Yeah, that this everyone's is going to hear it here. This is where we go for big news at uh, <laughs> in the Melton Household. This is a Sync Second podcast. Uh, I have a feeling because she's obviously been able to retire, uh, but I have a feeling that uh, we will be seeing her a, a few more times in North Platte than maybe we have uh, with. The addition of two new grandkids plus the two that are already here so uh she's always always talking about how she wants to, to meet, meet the crew and put to name so i think she'll have a, a few more opportunities here in the
1: future so we can get her on the pod and just have her tell stories of little
2: like six-year-old kyle yes i promise you they're they're only going to be glowing praise my, my mom very rarely ever says a bad thing about me so uh You're better it's there's they're gonna make me look pretty good in in most cases marty marty we're getting marty on the mic yeah she, she actually you always make the joke that you don't know how to to set up a zoom she probably really wouldn't <laughs> know how to, to get the zoom going Andy, uh, what's, what's going good with you?
0: We, we are uh, just getting done with two snow days, uh, Monday and Tuesday, we had snow days. I, uh, it's kind of twofold uh, because I hang out at home, but chasing Paige around, I guess not chasing around Paige, but like bouncing with Paige repeatedly for hours was a lot more work than teaching all day at school. Um, And then when we went and got Graham because we sent Graham to daycare, uh, he all he wanted to do was go out and play in the snow. So I'd play in the snow and I don't really like being outdoors and adding the cold. I mean, I know this sounds like I'm nagging a lot, but, you know, uh, a two day weekend turned into a four day weekend. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, sorry for your misery, man. No, it's tough. I pulled I pulled it out for the
1: fan bam though, but it was it was good stuff i'm with you though like little little kids that's hard you always it's always about trying to get them comfortable then you think you you think you nailed it and like three minutes later there's Mm -mm. there's something else but just enough time to sit down and feel like you can breathe you will though because i'm now i'm significantly older than you you know that yes you are and i'll like every once in a while when i'm bored just scroll back through all my pictures and i'll see pictures of like days that you just had and you'll have fond memories about that What's you'll forget like you'll forget the slight misery and you'll just remember like oh yeah i remember when Paige was like that and graham just wanted to play outside and they'll be there will be good memories so just keep that well, in mind we we
0: long for the days because right now all graham wants to watch is blaze and the monster machines and so he's got you know shirts and toy figures and whatnot and now we miss the days where we had to watch cars all day or frozen out non-stop like just the the quality disney movies that have come out recently and so you know it's always living in the past about how good we had it versus how how monotonous it is right now
1: pretty soon they'll just be back in their bedrooms playing video games and just pop out every once in a while to overflow a bowl of cereal well Danny, if there's one thing that
0: is different for me to you is I'll probably be leading the charge on the old video <laughs> game. So
1: that's quality bonding in my in my household. I keep I want to play that game, Assassin's Creed. I think it looks awesome, and I keep trying to get them to download it, but they seem to never remember. It's like
0: 15 of them. Which one do you want to play? Which one uh, looks play cool to you?
1: The original one, of
0: course. Back in 1974,
1: whatever. Yeah. Huh. Uh, no. No, I'll never play it. No, probably not.
0: But when Graham's old enough, maybe he'll download it for you. And while you're retired, you can come over and play with him.
1: That'd be awesome. <laughs> I love that guy. I
0: feel like Brandon, we're gonna be friends. you know, you're, he calls you Uncle Danny still. We'll drive by <laughs> and he goes, there's Uncle Danny's house. Right. Um, Brandon, what's good with you?
3: Well, we're heading into week four of the Peterson Air Hockey League uh, the grueling season ten weeks and we're going with the uh, NHL playoff point system where you get two points for a win and one point for an overtime loss and Maddie wanted to have some kind of a trophy. We're kind of like the big ten of families with games, just a trophy for everything you know whether it's the the ringer or all that stuff so I ordered this uh, from the WWE web page.
0: He gets it, Danny. He gets yeah. it.
3: Universal champion belt. So this will be the, uh, the winning trophy for that. And then I think we're just going to write our names in Sharpie on the uh, actual belt. Maybe masking tape with Sharpie on the masking tape. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll write it on with Sharpie first. And if it looks like it's going to smear, I'll cover it with masking tape with the name written on the masking tape with Sharpie, something like that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's been fun getting this. And uh, just kind of Sunday, having our, we play uh, three games against each of us. So it's like me and Ange, me and Maddie, Maddie and Ange. And then uh, Blue's in there with us. I, I crack open a nice cold uh, bush light, best friend brew from my dog those specially marked ones that are for dogs and he seems to like it so it's just kind of a little family time in the garage with their hockey and blue having a beer so i
1: i I was talking to angie about that the other day the the doggy bush lights and my dog he didn't really like them but i definitely see blue as just lapping that that bush light doggy brew right when up you
3: open it up now and then he's just like oh and then you and then he's just like waiting at the bowl and like you have to be careful like he tries to lick it coming out of the can i'm afraid he's gonna like catch his tongue on the on the metal you know so you got try to pour it quick and he loves it
1: i have a request i'd like a slow-mo video of him running <laughs> Running and then just lapping it up because it's probably very messy and just splashing all over the place. I'd, I'll I'd see like what I can do. Slow-mo vid.
3: I'll see what I can do for that, yeah. It's, it's pretty enjoyable.
1: And Where are we at with the standings of the, of the hockey so far?
3: Well, right now I'm, I'm in the lead. Uh, at first it was like I was in a commanding lead. And I didn't know if I would ever lose a game again, as long as I live. And then Angie was in second. Like Kyle place. with the picks this year. Real similar, real similar. Angie was in second place and like she was annihilating Maddie, but I was like having overtime wins with Maddie. It's just, it's so much to your style of play. Like uh, my weaknesses are Maddie's strengths. And then uh, the next week Maddie had the second amount and she was in the lead. Now, it's me by maybe like, I don't know, 10 points or something. And then Angie's got like two point lead over Maddie right now, but it's, I definitely uh, dropped a little bit this week and was not, was not very consistent.
0: So you said it's all about the style of play. How many different styles of play are in air hockey? Well, you I just looked... the enforcer just cram it down their throats. Breaking I kinda, with,
1: who's the most aggressive player in the family that just really like Maddie by it. far I would say
3: Maddie by far she just tries to use all power and then you uh deke? I I deek. try to fake one way and go the other way I try to do that a lot or if Maddie's here I'll be like what the heck and look like something's on the wall behind her so she'll look and I'll try to get a cheap <laughs> shot in doing that like and then, that
1: story uh, I told you guys last year about Joe Montana in the Super Bowl, and he was like, Hey, is that John Candy in the uh, audience? Oh, yeah. And then everyone looked and he snapped <laughs> the ball.
3: Very similar. And uh, the, last, me. the last part is uh, I like if I need to score at the end, you know, and I try to be pretty close to the goalie box so I can go back, you know, and, and block any shots. But then whenever it's at the end, if I'm losing or if I'm down by one and there's not much time left, then I'll always say, oh, I got to pull the goalie, pull the goalie. And then I try to play on the front half and uh, get the kind of not really a power play, but try to get the one man advantage by getting the faster shots. But then you leave the goal open. So sometimes that backfires. But yeah, so you have you have different styles. Uh, You could go more defensively you can you can try to be a banker you know go off the sides Uh, you can try to go right for it you can try to play with excessive power like maddie but sometimes a little (laughs) off speed a little off speed it'll just kiss off the off the i don't know what you call it the thing that you hold the pipes yeah it'll just kiss off that and then go in so sometimes i i try to go with a little off speed in you know and then like hard to the side try to get somebody to block just to the edge and then go go for the side after that so
1: i guess oh that belt's gonna look good on maddie it probably (laughs) will so hanging up in her room yep
3: we got the big old super bowl ringer coming up uh which I do am the reigning champion of that. So I need to start going out and probably practicing that each day. To I've never not been the sole possession of that. And I'm not about to start. So, Sounds uh, like
1: a little bragging. but Andy's usually w- the one on this podcast that brags. This, yeah. isn't
3: a, this isn't a humble brag, though. This is just me no. straight up bragging it. Like- <laughs> this,
0: this is the brag brag. As your resident humblebragger, I. <laughs> but anyway, so moving on. Mitt Brandon mentioned his Sunday festivities, and he also mentioned the Super Bowl ringer being played in a couple of weeks. There's also another game being played in two weeks, week and a half now. Um, but backpedaling a half step, uh, Brandon, tough week for you, simply for the fact, part owner of the Green Bay Packers. Ah, oh, man. I know. And the fact that an ex-head coach is going to a second straight Super Bowl, Andy Reid. I know oh, it's probably a, a tough scenario here for you, Brandon. Before we jump too deep into that, uh, Kansas City, a 38-24 victory over Buffalo. I don't imagine too many people being surprised about that. Um, and then Tampa Bay, 31. Green Bay, 26. And – um, we'll jump more into those here in a little bit. But Kyle, um, we always have to make some type of game out of the games, whether we're picking them, um, whether we're doing the coin flip, uh, whatever, whatever it is. But Danny came up with a pretty cool idea uh, late Sunday morning. And uh, Kyle, your Bam Bam is kind of the one who went through with it. Go ahead and
2: break it down. Uh, yeah, first off, I just want to just point out, and I'll probably bring it up a couple more times, there was a burrito bet on the line, which I also won, just, but we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes, but uh, Danny had, had the idea that since there's four of us and four final teams to do just a little random draw, uh, throw a little quiche in there, uh, winner take all sort of a bet, and I actually remember him bringing it up either like on a Friday, on Friday or Saturday. And it kind of died on the vine right there. Uh, and so late Sunday, like the, the first game had kicked off already and I just made the comment and said, well uh, I guess we decided not to do our bet. And Danny just spoke for us and said, Hey, it, it's random anyways, we can still do it. So Uh, I was under the impression that since it was his idea, he would be the one setting it up. And he informed me that it was either, uh, Graham, which is Andy's kid or Leo, which is my kid's job to to do these random drawings, uh, which I was okay with because the last time he had Ellis do it, I, I, I think there's a little chicanery here. Uh, but, uh, I thought it was going to be a really good idea. Uh, I didn't want anybody thinking that I was being nefarious at all. So I was trying to film it and turns out uh, an 18 year old, 18 year old month kid is probably not the ideal uh, picker of random pieces of paper in a hat. So uh, (laughs) I had four, four pieces of paper with our names on it, four pieces of paper with the team's names on it and trying to convince him to pick a piece of paper and then pick one piece of paper at a time. was a little bit more challenging than than I anticipated. Throw on top of that, my eight month old puppy in the mix. And what we got was a video of me probably cussing both the kid and the dog out, uh, scrambling all over the place. And then at the very end, Archie just (laughs) snatching about two of the pieces of paper and, and chopping them down but there, there was a lot of good stuff in the video May, mainly
1: Leo just like having no interest in it he would like <laughs> just roam around every once in a while he'd come and snag a paper but then yeah. the best part was Archie at the end just swiping up a couple of them <laughs> yeah and, and then- Ky- Kyle was like trying to like play it cool like nice dad like hey, I'm easy going just come on and pick <laughs> pick a paper but there was a couple of times in the video where he was using like his uh, his kind of gruff dad voice. Yeah. I did. I did notice. Yeah. The, damn it we command- yeah, Well, I don't I wouldn't <laughs> say I heard any of that, but it was the my voice right now is commanding attention. So, yeah, so uh, listen to me, there, there are a couple
2: of those. And anybody who saw the video showed how much that commanding voice really (laughs) commanded.
1: Well, at that point, the first one, he kind of just walked over away and sort of laid on the floor by the TV and at some (laughs) other stuff. And then he came back by to pick the Packers for me, which I'm mad, but I can't be mad at Leo. So I don't know.
2: Yeah. But it it was legit. At the – at the time, the Packers-Bucks game was already going, uh, and Danny, who got the Packers, uh, essentially got to find out that he had the Packers as his team as Tom Brady at halftime was throwing his touchdown pass <laughs> yeah. to Scotty Miller. Uh, that, In terms of the game, kind of, I think, won it for him. But uh, Danny had I the Packers. A
1: trade and no, I offered a trade, and no one – no one took me up on the I did almost.
2: I, I thought about it. I was like, they'll no, have a comeback in them, but apparently not enough. But uh, Danny ended up with the Packers, so he has since been eliminated. Uh, I know. Brandon,
1: I Kyle, two burritos, and someone else five
2: bucks here. <laughs> Hopefully Kyle. <laughs> uh, Brandon uh, had the Bills, so he was part of, part of Bills Mafia, so uh, he has also been eliminated, which pits Andy and the Chiefs against me and the Buccaneers somehow Andy lucks out and gets uh quite possibly the best team that we've seen in 10 years but the, the family team
0: uh Maggie's family all lives in Kansas City now and so oh, it's just,
2: yeah so through proxy uh Andy is is a Chiefs fan so uh yeah geez wait so on our group text when I said that I thought Chiefs fans
1: were kind of wankers I just offended <laughs> I just offended your whole family.
0: No, I just I sent a confirming nod. Um,
3: I made a big old rant about it last week, and then later, <laughs> when he was like, "How his family was chiefs," I was like, "Well, that's something I could have been brought to my attention earlier."
0: <laughs>
2: And Andy's uh, Andy's wife's family are also some of the most uh, ardent supporters of the Sing Second podcast too. So uh, <laughs> magically, our there's, numbers there's, went down. Yep, yeah, there's wide chunks of uh, of our podcast listeners that uh, heard every word and every demeaning word you guys have said as well. Patrick Mahomes is cool. <laughs> yeah,
3: he is. He's real cool.
1: Does Andy Reid? Ooh.
0: Andy Reid's not cool. <laughs> All right, so, Brandon, now since you have, a, have had a fighting edge in both of these matchups, uh, someone asked me today, oh, it was uh, the Wizard of Dawes, asked me today what you thought, because in I know we've talked about it, but Andy Reid leaving the Eagles, um, obviously going to the Chiefs has a whole different story and what they've done since then, but thoughts on Andy Reid when he got – let go from the Eagles. I, I forget what, where you sit on the fence.
3: So I won't go off on this too much, but Andy Reid, obviously he was like the coach for a majority of my fanhood. Cause he was there for a really long time and he was successful and he was pretty innovative when he first got there for the offense. Nobody really aired out the ball, uh, quite as much as he was at that time, you know, uh, and I liked his attitude and everything. He had a good staff. And, uh, you know, just towards the end, you know, it's like we have Donovan McNabb, you know, and then when you could tell he was done, it's like, okay, well, who's the replacement going to be? Here's, here's some of the people he drafted. Kevin Cobb said, Kevin Cobb's going to be the next <clears throat> new guy. And, a, and Michael Vick had no chance. Well, Kevin Cobb gets knocked out with a concussion in uh their season opener one year against the green bay packers and then Vic comes in and almost comes back and wins the game and it's like hmm i think michael vick is a little bit better than kevin cobb and then uh you know he he drafted mike kafka who is another person who he was really yeah
0: northwestern grad
3: yeah and he's his offensive
0: coordinator <laughs> yeah. right
3: now at the at the chiefs, you know, and then, uh, some of the other people, Al uh, Barkley, Matt Barkley, uh, drafted him from USC. Uh, not very good quarterbacks. He did get Foles, but that was like a way late pick and that turned out to be pretty good, but, um, a lot of crappy people. And I remember he had a chance to get Russell Wilson earlier, like around earlier and people were like, get that Russell Wilson. And he's like, well, I thought he would be there later. Otherwise I would have looked at him, you know, and he never drafted anything good. And then like all these other players, like uh, like the, the safety who's at, who we passed up on and ends up getting drafted by, by the Chiefs. And I don't know, it's just like all these people who we never got. And then now he has them all on the Chiefs team right now. And then he goes and gets a cool quarterback when he leaves there. It's like wow, wow. So now, now you want to get some kind of a cool quarterback who's a game changer. You don't want to find the next Mike Kafka. You don't want to find the next Cobb out there. You know, to to sling the ball around and
1: and be Are these actual NFL players' names. You're saying, yeah. Are you, uh, so are you are saying he's a sabotager? So or a I'm, saboteur? Saying,
3: I'm saying when he left, saboteur. at the time he left, it was time for him to go. He had the, the tragedy happen where his son died uh, at Eagles training camp, but his son also had a long list of drug dealing problems and all this other kind of stuff, selling drugs, doing all this thing. And then as it comes out later, he was like selling steroids to a lot of people and then he made him be his teams like one of the one of the trainers one of the strength and conditioning people you know and it just seems like he made a lot of poor choices at the end of the time in Philadelphia and it was time for him to go and uh, so when he left I I was glad he was gone I was thankful for what he did I was glad he was gone and uh, and I'm a little bitter I don't want him to have the same amount of Super Bowls as us and I sure as heck it's, it's a lose-lose situation. I sure as heck don't want him to have more Super Bowls than us. And on the other hand, I don't want the freaking Buccaneers to have more. We finally got to the point where we have the same amount of Super Bowls as the Buccaneers, a historically not great franchise. And now they might have twice as many of us at the end. So, you know, it's a, it's a lose-lose. But Andy Reid, I'm, I'm glad he was gone. And, and to all the Eagle fans out there who said, I'm cheering for Andy I got to root for him. I got to cheer for the chiefs. If you're really a fan of your NFL team, you can't root for any other team. And if you're rooting for Andy Reid and you're cheering for him and you get cried up tears in your eye, emotional because you're so happy for him. That's great. You're a, you're a bandwagon chief fan. You're not an Eagle fan. So, so get freaking out of here and, uh, and, and don't claim yourself as an Eagle fan. You know, you like your team, and nobody else you can be grateful for Andy Reid but uh you know he he made his own deal at the end and and deservingly got let go and uh I wish him nothing but failure uh from this from the rest of this time out so that's what I got to say
2: about Andy Uh I think it's important to note that like yeah he got lucky with Mahomes but he had a long run there with Alex Smith, who I think falls in line with the uh, with the names you've mentioned. And he uh, uh, his two backup quarterbacks are uh, Chad Henney and Matt Moore. So <laughs> I think I think Patrick Mahomes is the exception to the Andy Reid quarterback rule, uh, and not the rule itself. So, uh, granted, he he really looked into this exception, but. Uh, I think there's still a lot of Andy Reid with bad quarterbacks still there.
3: Yeah, but he won. He won one with Mahomes, so so that's Brandon.
2: How
1: are you? How are you going to watch the Super Bowl? Like you, you want neither team to win, but you don't really want either team to lose.
3: Well, being an Eagle fan, I, I've grown accustomed to this, and I have a little system. So uh, first thing is, <laughs> best case scenario, my team makes the playoffs, so I root for my team. Second best case scenario: My team makes the playoffs. Somebody else from the division makes, and I have to root for them to lose. I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's not fair, though. You've got the
0: Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants in your division. The best team in that went like seven and nine this year.
3: Yeah, but I'm saying on most on most (laughs) years, like the last time. Last time the Eagles made the playoffs, didn't the Cowboys also make it? Maybe that was two times ago. And the Cowboys were in it too. And I was like, geez, hopefully they don't make it further than we do. We lost. And then the Cowboys lost. And I was like, "Whoo! all right, next best or next scenario. My team doesn't make the playoffs. And then I have to root for something bad to happen to the other NFC East teams. I'm not going to cheer for another team. I got to hope somebody gets ejected. I got to hope something happens bad, you know, to where they're not able to perform in such a manner that's going to win get them eliminated and then i'm at the next part c best case scenario of that which would then be i'm not in the playoffs none of the teams i hate from my division are in the playoffs now i can just watch and enjoy the game root against andy reed if he happens to get up there that's kind of a big deal and then uh usually i that's what i do so i i just enjoy the game Watch the matchups for this for this one coming up. I'm looking at this changing of the guards of the greatest of all time versus the future greatest of all time. That somehow luckily got drafted <laughs> by Andy Reid. We
0: got a live uh, not to not to first your is bubble that a text here. Text from
1: Angie.
0: We got a text from the misses and uh, the old. Um, air hockey tournament she said that she kicked his rear end but yo chose a different word for rear end two out of three games this weekend so
3: that's why here. i said i'd i wasn't as consistent this week
1: oh uh, so he calls he always getting his butt kicked twice just a, a lack of consistency yes <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> uh. But
0: uh, go ahead, moving forward, not to cut you off here, Brandon. Did but you guys, uh, Did
1: you guys hear the stat that Tom Brady will play has played in more Super Bowls than any uh, any franchise besides the Patriots? And then of the bottom six,
0: he he's played in more than all six combined or something crazy like that, too. Yeah. I've said it
3: before, and I'm going to say it again because I don't remember if it was on a podcast. I probably said it eight times. But back when Peyton Manning switched – teams you know and was a bronco and was having success i was like that's why he's way better than tom brady i'd like to see tom brady go to another team outside of bill belichick's you know little system that he has and uh and he's not gonna be like peyton manning and then to my i don't know to my wrongness to my wrong thoughts he's freaking good man he's greatest of all time i i'm saying it now.
1: And that's that was one of the storylines that I was looking most forward to seeing how it played out this Me year too. Is, is the the Patriots' success and I actually thought the beginning of the year Cam Newton looked good and I was like all right Belichick can, he can switch gears he can play with with Cam Newton he, he can not have Tom Brady and then it just kind of I don't even know what the Patriots' record were was uh, not good they didn't make the playoffs
3: yeah can I ask a question. Here's honest the thing. question. An honest question. Honest question. So when I think of Tom Brady from Michigan, I don't really remember anything about him, you know. <laughs> so, but so it doesn't strike me as he was this guy who just came out who won all these championships and hated losing and all that. Like to me, he was just a dude. And then was it because he goes to the Patriots and has this success early on, a Super Bowl early, and he wins? And then like the first year. They didn't win one. It just pissed him off so much to where he – was that the point where then he was like, I am never going to lose another Super Bowl again? Because he – to me, he wasn't that guy in in college or he wasn't that guy when he first came out. It wasn't like, wow, what a killer competitor this Tom Brady is,
1: you know? Yeah.
3: I just wonder what the switch for that whole mentality so late in life.
1: Well, I, I don't think remember – I think it's when he hooked up with Giselle, he was like, Geez, now I gotta now I can't look like a loser. Yeah, true.
0: But I don't I, that, remember that much a, uh, that's
1: a good honest question. Thanks.
0: I don't remember much of Tom Brady's days at Michigan because I think I was in elementary school. And so I he's played just as many uh, years in the NFL as I have been in school. So it's just kind of crazy.
1: What year did Nebraska and Michigan share the national 1997. title? 1997. That was so, – so I remember Brian Greasy. You yeah, know? I was I was just trying to – he was a sophomore that year. He wasn't the starter. Right. He must have started the next two years after that.
3: Yep, he started that following year. Yep.
1: But I don't know what 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 his record or how they ended those 98 and 99 seasons. But you're right. You know what? The thing – that actually turned me around on Tom Brady, and I think we talked about this. Was was the uh, when he played golf with Tiger and those guys? Yeah, and he hit like a super bad shot off the first tee, and was just kind of playing bad and just acted and sounded like you and I would if we were out there playing golf with Tiger Woods. And it actually uh, it it made me respect him a little bit. He had humanized a little, like, him a little hum- bit, humility. Yeah, humanized him so. And then I, you know, good on him. He put together a pretty good season with a, a brand new roster. I would imagine their offensive scheme was a little bit different, although it's probably what he wanted it to be. And
3: those passport teams usually don't work.
1: You know, he has a good defense too. Yeah. Speaking of defense, how about uh, the Huskers, particularly Levante David, making the Super Bowl? One of my favorite Huskers ever. Pretty awesome, man. <clears throat> Yeah, between I mean, him and Indomit-
2: and Sue. Yeah.
0: Now, not to move this thing along, but we'll talk more about the Super Bowl next week uh, since we have a week in advance. But Danny did bring up the uh, the old Huskers here, and I think the majority of uh, the rest of the pod will be on the old Huskers. And this time of year, sometimes whoa, whoa, I no whoa, whoa, nobody wants
2: to talk about the Bills game. Uh, we did, didn't we? This time ta- <laughs> they lost
0: this time of year uh, no news wankers? is good news and so oh, yeah the old
2: wankers yeah the
1: old kansas wankers. city wankers
2: <laughs> i guess i was expecting a little more specific talk because i was uh gonna ask if literally anybody thought the chiefs were gonna lose when they were down nine nothing Here, here's As soon the, the PA talking points missed, i was like yep that's it
1: here's the talking points chiefs fans i think we've all agreed even andy that they're a little bit wanky and the other the other thing is patrick mahomes is cool those are the two things that have come out of that conversation i think we can move on if that's okay i'm good with it
0: (laughs) so uh again as i was saying earlier at this point if you're a college football fan usually no news is good news um with the the Uh, national signing around the corner what you're hearing most uh parts now is decommits and committing other other places um or transfer portal and it's been kind of quiet for the huskers a few people um transferring out that were you know really nobody's obviously wandale a few weeks ago that we i think we hinted on um but the news that mccaffrey's leaving um, along with two other offensive guys who um, didn't see a ton of field action in the last couple of years. But um, when a big-name, two-quarterback system quarterback hits the books, that's, that's kind of spells trouble, I think. Uh, Brandon, your initial thoughts?
3: Well, the old version of me that used to dislike Alabama and that uh, used to not like Tom Brady, the, the old version – I would get pretty mad if people would transfer, but now I I understand college football is changing in this way, and this freaking transfer portal, the old version of me used to call it transfer protocol, and uh, the new version calls uh, transfer portal, and uh, I understand it's there, and it's just going to be brutal, it's going to be brutal for every team, uh, especially Nebraska, when we lose players, man, when we lose people that are pretty good, and we don't have a lot of people that are pretty good. It's just devastating. But I'm less mad about that, I got to tell you, than I'm not even going to get mad about it anymore. Actually, starting, starting three seconds ago, I'm not mad about it anymore. What makes me more mad is when the players decide not to play the bull game. Because to me, it's like you made the commitment that you're going there for that season, but then you're not going to play the last game. You're not going to play the last one. What? You're not going to play football because you're preparing for your professional football career. So what are you doing? What are you doing during that week? Are you are you practicing your 40-yard dashes, running around the backyard in your underwears, doing uh, whatever you do for the, for the combine? To me, that's, that's stupid to be like, well, no, I'm not going to go play football because i got to prepare for football. That's weird, man. So, uh, to me, this let it happen now uh, because I, w- I would just rather them be gone, addition by subtraction. They, they didn't want to compete, you know, or whatever the case is. Ultimately, they didn't want to compete on this team, and so we need them gone. And I would rather have that and have a less likelihood – that maybe somebody's going to bail out on the one year that we do make a bowl game again, where it would be pretty nice. It'd be pretty nice to make a bowl game and also to win that bowl game because we had all our players there and not have people missing out because they didn't want to play football because they're preparing for football. That's all I, all I got to say about it.
1: I mean, you can't, you can't be mad. That's it's normal routine. Now. It's, It's the norm it's free agency yeah it is i do wonder can can you question someone that leaves another school enters the portal and comes to your school like can you be super excited about that person
2: and um, they're just like hey i'm all in
1: yeah they already did ditch out on on somebody else so it kind of makes you question that a little bit but i
3: say like I question it when people are going and I'll be like, Oh, have fun with the person who left us with those commitments. But if somebody really awesome was coming to Nebraska, I'd be like, yeah, woo!" you know, I would, I would be pretty excited, but I don't know. Now,
2: before we get into any uh, specifics, do any of you guys like give a little bit of leeway this time around because of all the COVID stuff or, are you saying that that's kind of became an excuse and then therefore it doesn't really count or there's no difference because like, if you look, if you read like Wandale's like exit statement on Twitter or whatever, he, he pretty much put it on. Like, I just feel like I'm too far from home. I'm too far from my mom and dad, more specifically his mom, because she had COVID like, Plus this year it's, it's, it's a free pass where they don't lose any eligibility. They don't, there's really no punishment for them. Do you guys view this year? differently?
0: Now I think one thing for me, and maybe this is uh, not always accurate, but like Wandale transferred to Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. And so like, that sounds good to me. You know, like there, he's clearly closer to home because he's in his home state. But then, uh, obviously, kind of a told uh, separate example like J.D. Spielman, who transferred last year, wanted to be closer to home, but then ended up transferring to TCU, and he is from Minnesota or something like that. And so, like where it starts, and they say they're you know they need to be closer to family and whatnot, and where they end up, I don't know. I your word means something, whether you know you know you're all in and then you transfer that's totally fine as long as you're honest with why you're transferring and I'm not saying it has to be about playing time it can be about scheme it can be about whatever but like don't say you're homesick and then transfer transfer further away and so um and I know every situation is different and things like that but it's just it's funny when they say something like they're you know they need to be closer to family um, because it's what's best and then they're in the opposite direction just as far or something like that
1: I, I feel like when you when you enter the transfer portal, there's like some drop down menu and it's just like, what excuse do you want to use? Yeah. Just you just <laughs> just check it. Nobody cares. Like if you're really parsing the excuse that they use, then that's that's on you. I, I would just say, hang on, Andy, that I, I think all of the current situation gave everybody reason to rethink. Whatever their college football situation it is, and I think once that starts happening, then then every player looks around, and is like, oh, well, these guys are leaving for whatever reason. Am I in the place that I want to be? You know, the, the COVID rules throw in an extra year, and it's kind of a free for all right now. I think I would think things might settle down and become a little bit more stable after this. Um, but no, I to answer Kyle's question. I do give them leeway. I think it's a time for everybody to assess where they're at and and make some moves. I would hate being a college coach right now. I think it would be a massive effort and headache because you have the actual recruiting and then you have to try to get people to stay. Um, we saw Scott Frost try to figure out Luke McCaffrey's position and what his role was on the team. I, I imagine that was – a lot of thought, um, emotional energy spent by Frost this year, just trying to figure out McCaffrey's place and and it didn't work out and he's gone. And um, you know, for whatever reason he wants to use, but man coaching would be, would be incredibly difficult right now.
0: Now, one thing to kind of add to it, I follow the, um there's like a transfer portal twitter account and i think they just they they constantly are watching 24 7 sports and all the other recruiting cycles and they they see uh who like they just track the athletes and whatnot and the amount of grad transfers that are um moving i think i'm cool with that just because they do have their degree and at that point you can kind of i can at least understand you got one year of eligibility left or whatever, you know, if you can graduate in two or whatever. Um, But just the fact that they do have the degree, that's ultimately, I guess, the goal um, as an educator that I would think uh, the idea of being a college athlete um, is trying to strive for. And so at least the amount of grad transfers that there are is, is at least in the right direction. Brandon?
3: This is a real question here, real serious question. So, do you think on the on the portal they have like a captcha, or after you do that you have to like click all the little checkboxes that are overlapping with a car, or a bus, or something like that? I just if somebody knows traffic lights, yeah, I want to know bridge. if
1: there's like a captcha thing on the portal. For- and like, if you forget your password, like, how, is it like Facebook forgetting your password, and you got to send in your driver's license, or is it just like They send a pin to your email. Yeah. Could I
2: put my name into the transfer portal?
1: I did try earlier today. I just, (laughs) I just, I Googled transfer portal and I didn't find a lot. We could make this. It it took me to an instruction page. Like it was like, Hey, thinking about transferring here's step one, step two, step three. But I was trying to, and I know I did this last year to see if I could, like, access the list, like, the actual portal. Like, can I scroll through and see the names? And can we make it interactive? Like, could fans log in and, like, vote for which players they want on their team? And my brother, uh, who's not a listener, I I try to get him to listen to the podcast, but apparently he's busy. His suggestion was that for every player that enters the portal, the fan base – gets to choose another player that they want to force into the portal which seems like a nice little (laughs) trade-off like like when wandale leaves right we should then get to say okay well now we vote this guy off send this guy out so i think there's opportunity to make it a little bit more interactive with fans i like it
2: yeah i always view, uh, view the transfer portal i think it's like a a Carfax or, or or one of those car commercials where like the person's sitting in a, a completely white room and they say like, hey I need a car and then like a million cars just like rushing by and then they're like, No, I want a I I want a pickup and then only the pickups drive by. It's like I want a gray pickup and then you just like just keep narrowing the search down and you're like boom, here's your perfect player.
1: Okay, so question then, since you're a Resident Husker fan. If you could have access to that uh, player facts and pick a design and pick a player that transfers to Nebraska, give me the characteristics of that player. He's got, he's got to be an offensive guy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's the, that's the first. Yeah, the first uh, filter is offense. And yep. then
2: position, what position are you going to filter uh, out? I would say, uh, Running back slash wide receiver
1: would be my first
2: choice. Okay. Well, I, those, um, what, I narrow it down to those two. Okay.
1: Then what attributes within that? You're looking for size, strength, speed, shiftiness?
2: Uh, size and speed would be the first. Like, those would be my top two. Okay. Deep threat, catching balls out of the backfield screens. Uh, if, if I'm going wide receiver, I want a deep threat if I want – If I'm going uh, running back, I want a one-cut back.
1: It kind of sounds like that USC guy might be more of a
2: one-cut back, the guy that we just got. And I I don't even mind Dedrick Mills when he was healthy because he was kind of a a one-cut guy, wasn't going to be real shifty in the backfield, but sees a hole and takes whatever he can get and then sometimes just pops out the back end.
1: You know what, the opposite of the one cut back who we had that was a major recruit that is now no longer with the program was uh, Maurice Washington. Maurice, Yeah, that guy was 100 cuts before he got to the line of scrimmage. He reminded me of, like, a eighth-grade football player running yeah. around out there. Like, he's not going to get tackled. He'll change directions and run around. But, man, you're which not going to tackle him. Which He'll is probably exactly why he looked
2: – really good against lower level teams that didn't have the athletes and not as great with, uh, against teams that had athletes equal to him.
1: He was, he was a big recruit just to remind you of that.
2: Yep. Oh yeah.
1: Well, Danny, you've been searching the
0: old recruiting, uh, classes last few years, right? Have you come across some names that have, (laughs) out kick their coverage on their star rating or are you still
1: searching for a name you recognize um honestly i got sidetracked because there was a link that i could click on that said nebraska all-time football recruits (laughs) so according to 247 sports do you guys know 247
0: 247 sports okay
1: oh that's why the 24 is in black and the seven is in white do you guys know who our apparently our all-time best recruit is ever it's uh, Mar- Marlon Lucky,
0: yeah, running back out of California, wasn't it? Hollywood,
1: yep, he got drafted by the Bengals and played Lucky like Year. But then, like, I'll, I'll just scroll through a couple names that I do remember. Aaron Green was up there, he's number three, Baker Stein, cooler. and Dominican Sue. Um, but the second guy listed, class of 2000. From Millard West named Chris Septak. He was a tight end. You guys ever heard of that guy? Nope. Chris. I don't Septak? Think so. All right. Well, if anyone, any listener out there has ever heard of a guy named Chris Septak, I'd like to know is his whereabouts, where he's at. And really the reason why we're having this conversation, can we just bring up the text that we're we're gonna argue about? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. I'm asking Kyle. I'm ready for it. All right. So the text was when McCaffrey left. He said, "Eh."
2: I said, he yeah.
1: "Okay." Eh. Never sold on McCaffrey. I'm more excited about Avante Dickerson. And I just, I'll, I'll let Kyle talk. But it made me laugh out loud because I honestly didn't know if he was joking or serious. Turns out, <laughs> I, I think he was serious. Somewhat
2: like the Jameis Winston text, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> but the, Okay, so here's why I laughed. Because first of all, to say never sold on McCaffrey, like I feel like we could bring up some receipts on that, probably from earlier podcasts this year where you were talking about McCaffrey. So it made me laugh. No. Hang on. Just wait. They used to say you never sold on McCaffrey because we spent a lot of time talking about that guy. And then to say, more excited about Avante Dickerson, which I think that's his name, or I don't know if I'm saying it right, that made me laugh because the dude's decommitted from Minnesota and hasn't even decided where he's going, yet you are putting this guy who has decommitted from Minnesota, possibly might be interested in Nebraska as, as being more excited about him as a player than you were about Luke McCaffrey who we were talking about whether or not he should be our starting quarterback this year.
2: So first of all, you, you accuse me of revisionist history, and I honestly think that uh, throughout all this stuff, I was actually more pro-Adrian Martinez than I ever was for McCaffrey. And I do think I, we could go back and look at that.
1: No, I don't argue about that, but I do
2: think that it's
1: easy. it's easy when a guy leaves to be like, uh, he wasn't that good anyway,
2: but no, this I,
1: next guy, he's going to be. No, I think player. he was
2: good, but I just, I was always uh, more interested and I thought we could be a better team if Adrian Martinez was our quarterback. So when I said I was never really sold on him, like I was one of the people that just said I I'd, I'd prefer Adrian Martinez, which I think it was made clear that that's where the coaching staff obviously believes as well. So that's the first point is because, like I said, I think we do have read receipts. They would tell – they would show that I was more uh, anti-McCaffrey than most people because I think – No, uh, there's no
1: anti-McCaffrey. There's no, there's no anti-McCaffrey. Well, you're I guess saying, I'm saying if I was more – You're pro, saying you were more more Martinez, but – If I was
2: pro-Martinez, that would pretty much mean I'm anti-McCaffrey, right, in terms of who should be our starting quarterback?
1: No, I'm talking about McCaffrey as a football player because you're you're comparing comparing him to this Dickerson guy who I, I honestly don't know what position he plays. Is he a quarterback?
2: No, cornerback, defensive yeah. back. And, and so I guess my whole conversation, and maybe it was two uh, opposing ideas verging together, but I wasn't sold that That's McCaffrey – That's why it made me laugh. I was never sold that McCaffrey was going to be this guy – was going to change our program because a he had been here and he hadn't changed much. Okay. We had him for two years and he, he got on the field just part of his second year. His brother did the exact same thing in Michigan. So I think by at this point, it, it's clear to see that like you hear the McCaffrey name and you see their older brother being one of the best players in the NFL. And you're like, Oh man, we could have that on our team. And guess what? They're not Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Plus they, I'm assuming the reason why they're both transferring is because they both think that they're quarterbacks and the division one schools that recruited them, brought them in and, and have now decided that yeah, I don't know if you're a quarterback. So that's why I, I said I wasn't ever sold on McCaffrey so, because I just didn't feel like he was a huge part of anything that we were going to do moving forward. It's-
1: it you're right it's clear now I don't I don't think it was
2: clear in September
1: and so when you say never sold on McCaffrey it's like oh I always knew that that guy wasn't very good
2: but I always said that Adrian Martinez should be our starter so I guess I don't know where where we're going wrong I was pretty sure when uh, McCaffrey was in there at the six yard line threw a pass across the middle and hit his own offensive lineman on a pretty easy pass that ended up in an interception was probably a fairly good sign he wasn't going to be the best quarterback we've ever had. Yeah, and I the the fact that he's I I don't know the stat, but he's thrown like he's thrown the fewest amount of passes and still that yeah. resulted in six interceptions
1: in like, like eighty pass attempts or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I'm I'm not going to say that I was saying he was the worst football player ever. I'm just saying I always thought Adrian Martinez gave us the best chance to win. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's, he's clearly not a quarterback. Yeah. yeah I, like,
1: I don't, like, I don't think, but is that the issue then Andy is that he was adamantly, I'm a quarterback because he didn't look like a quarterback out there. Although I would also argue he wasn't always put in the best situations and was never given a real chance to be the quarterback. I think that's part of it. He's
0: such a good athlete that if he's in a, you know, a, uh, that group of five stage he might be a pretty good quarterback where he's a lethal guy with his legs he's a one to read max and then take off he's not going to sit in the pocket just because he doesn't have to uh, um I don't think he's necessarily a big 10 quarterback but I think part of the issue is the fact that our quarterbacks ran the most like uh they accounted our two quarterbacks account for like 70% of our rushes and our rushing yards. And the fact that you have a two quarterback system and you run that much, maybe that makes sense, but then you mess with rhythm. You mess with shots downfield. You mess with a lot of other things. And um, and I don't know if it's a Logan Smothers answer because Logan Smothers was a highly touted three-star. I mean, it sounds weird saying a highly touted three-star, but everything you heard of was that was the quarterback they wanted for this last class they brought in and so maybe it's a well shoot here comes logan smothers who um has a year under his belt now in our system and he's got the arm talent that i don't have i've got the leg talent but you know big 10 doesn't (laughs) does have what
2: (laughs) it just sounds (laughs) funny with you saying he doesn't have the arm talent that i have i just have the leg talent Big soccer player out there. Um,
0: but, you know, so I don't know if he just saw the writing on the wall and said, well, here's the deal. At least I know I can pick where I go next. But um, they just turned well, into Frost made
1: it clear that he wasn't going to be the quarterback.
0: Yeah, it, it just turned – but, like, so I was listening to a podcast earlier today, a radio show, and they talked about how um, McCaffrey went through warm-ups of the Rutgers game, and then at kickoff, he was in street clothes. And they said, yeah, he was injured and stuff, but he looked fine in warmups. And I don't know if that's a precursor to this or if that's something totally different, but revisionist history, it looks suspicious at this point. And then I just, I don't know what to do with that.
1: I just looked University of Northern Colorado.
3: That's where his dad's a head football coach. Has
1: has three quarterbacks on the roster. They're all redshirt freshmen. What are the chances that there's a McCaffrey playing quarterback at University of Northern Colorado soon? What's the chances that there's two McCaffrey's playing quarterback at Northern? Colorado? And it says they're playing, they playing. They might be playing a spring schedule. So if they transfer now, can, can they play in the spring? I don't think so. I think that it's for next fall, technically.
2: Well, and, and here's the thing that I also kind of judge these things on. And this year, I think will be even more uh, specific than any of them because they're going to be able to play right away. If if Luke McCaffrey goes from the Nebraska Cornhuskers thinking that he should be the starting quarterback to then going to Northern Colorado to play the starting quarterback, then I think that tells you pretty much what everybody else thinks of him. Because anybody, any team in the nation can have these guys for free this year, and if if nobody's willing to give this guy a chance, then I think I think that kind of sells it to you. But if Adrian Martinez did the same thing, maybe he'd go end up in the same spot. But I always kind of judge those transfer portal guys on on where they actually end up. That's that's one thing when I followed that Twitter account. It's it's kind of eye,
0: eye popping on a guy who transfers from a a Florida a, a high Power Five school. And I don't know why throughout Florida, but like a high represented Power Five school, and who actually offers them because they'll say like he this guy's got an offer from these schools and how a lot of times they'll go from a mid-tier to top power five school and they won't even have another power five offer they'll have a low mac or a low conference usa or even like a division one double a fcs school and so i don't know if it's just a a needs-based deal if it's a here's my film my four or five snaps that aren't good or whatever the case may be but just how some of these guys may have overshot their potential and now they're they're finding out their you know their their competition level is not as high as they thought what if
1: we could what if the public could see which coaches have clicked on which players bios in the portal that'd be interesting
2: uh I, do we, do I you guys do.
1: respect a little bit a player that realizes, hey, I'm never going to play at the school. I just love football that I want to go find a place where I'm going to play a lot. Or do you respect more a guy that is on a roster for his entire career, works his butt off and never plays a down? Like that's one thing I always think about.
2: Yeah, no, I, I have no, no doubt or, I guess no negative thoughts about somebody leaving, especially if it's to get playing time, because especially in football, where it's a painful game, if you're going through all the, the sucky part, not ever getting that that feeling of getting on the field, I, I guess it depends on what you're after. Like for Nebraska, some kids just grow up wanting to run out on the Memorial Stadium. Other kids, that doesn't matter for, but uh, I don't know. I really... I really don't know if it if it affects me one way or the other.
1: Kyle, can we can we fast forward three years and you sum up three years from now what Husker fans are saying about Avante Dickerson?
2: Now I, I did want to get back to this because
1: again um, I have com-
2: to reason why I, the reason why I'm excited about avante dickerson leaving or decommitting from minnesota and then just opening it up and i honestly i don't know why he would open it back up to go to somewhere that's not nebraska but the reason why i think that was so big is because if if nebraska isn't getting the top in-state recruits that we have and we're losing them to other teams that we play every year then that's a bad sign for nebraska if we can get some of these guys, like <clears throat> Avante Dickerson, um, oh my the receiver from Bellevue West that scored the touchdown. Xavier Betts. Yeah, Xavier Betts. Like, we're already losing Keegan Johnson, who is going to Iowa, whose dad was on the 90s Huskers. Like, if we're going to be just losing all of these guys that are actual nationally renowned in-state talents to uh, other schools – Then that's bad for us. If we start winning over the in-state guys back, then I think we can start building from within. Like we actually do have some really good in-state recruits coming up, and if we're not getting those guys, then it's bad on us.
1: You know, number
2: number one,
1: uh, according to twenty-four-seven sports, the number one recruit out of Nebraska this year is
2: for this year. Yeah. Cavante Dickerson Yeah see there you go. I was, thought it was a trick question that was gonna be some obscure guy that I, I didn't know
1: And actually now, of the of the top sorry of the top ten one, two, three, four, five of the top ten have committed to Nebraska. So five of the top ten recruits out of Nebraska have committed to Nebraska. but, but where are the other ones going the other ones are going to like Iowa. Uh, like, number uh, number three is Keegan Johnson from Bellevue West. He's committed to Iowa. Number eight, Samuel Scott from Scott, Wyoming. Number nine, Nolan Gorsica from Ron Colley to Buffalo. And I, I think
0: what's impressive, especially most recently, is the recruiting in Nebraska has picked up, both in like football and basketball. And so like – back in the day when guys weren't getting recruited, it was so cool to walk on. Well, I just saw one of the Bell B. West receivers who was an underclassman getting offers off from Oklahoma this year. And so, like, it's one thing when Nebraska's going against Iowa, Minnesota, those other other regional teams, but when they start being found against, like, a Notre Dame, they're recruiting against Notre Dame, they're recruiting against Oklahoma, like – I understand if a kid wants to go play for the Irish or the Sooners, but when you're losing to the other Big Ten West teams, I think that's where I start drawing the line of, ooh, that's not that's not good. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of Nebraska guys going to Wyoming. But that's Craig Bull.
0: Craig Bull, their head coach, used to coach at Nebraska and so knows the state pretty well.
1: And uh, just for reference, Dickerson, they have listed
2: as a 67% chance of going to Oregon. Yeah, I'm not – I guess I just wouldn't have a clue on why he would open it up and not come to Nebraska since there's such a groundswell for him to come. Plus, he's got teammates that are also coming to Nebraska.
1: Plus, if you got caught – if you got caught in the grasp of P.J. Fleck, how could you ever get out of that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honest question. Brandon, you've been quiet for a while. Thoughts on Nebraska recruiting, Nebraska's transfers. I, I mean, that's, that's like twenty-five I'm minutes. Of you just sit and
3: I'm just gonna let it all play out. You know, hope for hope for the best. My first year, I moved to North Platte. Uh, was like the first year Callahan was coaching, and that was like the first time I was probably ever really excited about Nebraska recruiting. I even went to the recruiting dinner. And I, uh, I ate dinner and sat with Kevin Cosgrove and uh, Tommy Fraser, and mm-hmm. had a nice little dinner and chat with them. And they showed like highlights of their, you know, number one recruiting class, according to whichever thing. That was a group that had like uh, uh, Lucky and those guys in it.
0: Harrison was Brendan Jackson in that crew too?
3: Uh, I can't remember if he was in that group, but talking about. Running backs, you know, like when Kyle was talking about the uh, the letting us choose our perfect player, and then when he mentioned running back, I was like, man, I wish we had a player like Brandon Jackson back, who is a good runner and like the screen game, with especially the slow screens and the jailbreak screens and all that kind of stuff. To him, Callahan was really good at drawing up screens to the running back and. That's one thing I wish we were a little better at now. It's never been the same since he left, you know, and I I wish that's something we did more, but so now I just, that was like the number one recruiting class. And what did it amount to? Not Not a whole lot. You know what I mean? So I just, I can't get excited about recruiting anymore. I I'm excited. Players are excited to come. I like watching the marketing stuff with all of the way that the schools interact with the players and seeing how they mention their new recruits at the end uh, because it's interesting to me just from a from a marketing standpoint and uh, I just I don't know I hope we get a good core group of Tom Osman went that whole stretch you know without winning any national championships and then it was like he got just the stars line up right and you get a couple of studs that that can change it for you. And we just need we need somebody like that who can carry this team
0: to those wins and and get us good again, you know. Boom. Gentleman, any last thoughts on Husker, Husker talk? Do we have like a weekly now Husker talk?
1: There's a lot. I think we covered it all. I just want to talk about that one text message. 90
0: minutes right. later one text. Kyle,
2: Kyle summed it up he did a nice job good job Kyle yeah well, like I said not sold on McCaffrey <laughs> eh. yeah yeah
1: knew, knew it all along that guy sucks <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot clearly that's exactly what I said
0: verbatim all right. So, as always, as we wrap up here, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Sing Second, on Instagram at Sing Second Pod. If you're not tech savvy, email us, write us a letter. I don't know. However, you want to reach email, out. Email still
2: requires Smoke some tech, signals.
0: right? Okay. So, write us a letter, practice your penmanship, whatever you need to do. Um, but we obviously Marty. went heavy on the old Husker talk tonight, and we hope they take a page out of the Army Air Force playbooks. And they eventually get that chord that Brandon was talking about and they sing second.